1: Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. On this podcast, we chat about books, the writing process, and how literature has the power to change the world. I'm your host, Danny V. Today, I'm very excited to welcome Sophie Laguna. Sophie's novel for adults, The Eye of the Sheep, was shortlisted for the Stella prize, winning the 2015 Miles Franklin Award, and has been optioned for both film and theater. Sophie's many books for young people have been published in the US, the UK, and in translation throughout Europe and Asia. She's also been shortlisted for the Queensland Premiers Award, and her books have been named Honor Books and Notable Books by the Children's Book Council of Australia. Today, we're going to talk about Infinite Splendors. That's very impressive, Sophie. Welcome.
0: Thank you, Danny. Thank you.
1: And this is our 300th episode. So thank you so much for sharing that with me. I celebrated the 100th episode with author Jack Heath, the 200th with Trent Dalton, and I thought, who better to celebrate 300 with than Sophie herself?
0: I'm honoured. I'm (laughs) honoured. 300 is a good
1: number. It is a great number. Nice round round number. number. So today we're going to talk about this very, very compelling book that I couldn't put down. Can you give us an elevator pitch for those people who may not have picked it up yet? So Infinite Splendours tells the story of Lawrence Lohman. When um, the novel
0: opens, Lawrence is a boy of 10 living with his mum, Louise, and his brother, Paul. It's 1953. They live in a small house at the foot of the Grampians. And um, Lawrence is a bright boy, he's good at his schoolwork, he has a supportive teacher. And I hope that I have um, painted a fairly um, a fairly hopeful picture of, of life at 10 years old. And then um, a, a family, a, a new family member comes to visit um, someone from his mother's life. And, um, and Lawrence, is betrayed. Lawrence is irrevocably changed and um, and so the novel unfolds. He grows up into a
1: man and we watch how that childhood trauma has impacted on the man that he becomes. I think you described it perfectly and I don't think it gives it away too much. I think it just makes people want to read it, as a matter of fact. Good. <laughs> now, this book, it does deal with some difficult material. How did the idea emerge? I know sometimes ideas, they don't emerge from anywhere, but this, was this a, an idea that came to you from someone? The voice um, came
0: to me, I guess, first. The uh, the voice of a man um, in middle age, a man who needed to go underground for periods of time, literally go underground to to take a break from, from himself. And I found that idea pretty compelling, mm. and so I began um, just with a, you know, a notebook and a pen, kind of developing a, a monologue in the voice of this man who had unspeakable kinds of feelings and um, and terrible feelings that he both knew were terrible and at the very same time couldn't quite refuse them or, or there was a tension between um, between what he wanted and what he knew he couldn't have, something like that. I remember there was a line in the book um, as if life was a platform for all the things you wished for but couldn't have. Um, I wanted a voice that was pretty gritty and pretty forbidden. Uh, I wanted a voice that could carry that, yeah, because that's a really satisfying way to work and it's it is compelling and it holds a great deal of energy Mm. because if something's unspeakable well there's a reason that it means there's a lot to say doesn't it yeah absolutely but yeah I I I just um so I, I wasn't thinking about I wasn't thinking about him being in a novel or how would it go or what was I trying to say I was just enjoying um enjoying the voice of this man and
1: and getting to know him layer by layer. And it's so interesting that you say that you developed it from this voice that came to you because you can really tell when you read it that it's such a character-driven story. And I wanted to ask you about the character of Lawrence, specifically Lawrence, because you start as a child, then he starts as a man and he's experienced this awful trauma, but then he has these choices that he needs to make as a man. And I thought, was it difficult writing Lawrence at times because you want him to be empathetic but you also deal with the difficult things that's going on inside him. No, because I'm not,
0: I'm not, I'm not at the time concerned with whether I'm being empathetic or whether a reader is um, what a reader is feeling for him or I am in his world. So that's what I'm busy doing is crafting that world and all the rest is um, not of my conscious doing if you like so no he wasn't those those difficult feelings that he has or his say his desires are not difficult when I'm in when I'm in there I mean I'm just aligned with him and it's expressive it's an expressive um wondrous you know when he falls in love if you like for want of a better experience or becomes obsessed um, that felt really energizing and mad And um, desperate and uh, great fun if 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 fun is ever the right word you know in in in, in, when you write I mean it is but it's wordy fun (laughs) right yeah so so was that difficult no I mean I didn't you know I hated for him that he suffered in the way that he did of course of course. There wasn't a day that went by in the writing of him when I wasn't pained by that, um, but that was the balance, and that was that was the point of the thing. That mm-hmm. it couldn't have existed, the work couldn't have existed without um, without that suffering. That was the point. The life that came after, and um, you know, yeah, it's hard finding words for it. But when you really burn away all um when you really burn away everything else what what are you left with and what I was left with was Lawrence's work Lawrence's painting and he was truly gifted he was devoted and in his own way I felt deeply moral if 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 at the very same time conflicted yeah I I admired him all the way through Mm. at the same time as yeah, I just did. I just did. So it was different for me. You know, I didn't I didn't judge him. Of course I didn't judge him. I loved him as a boy. Yeah. He of was. course I did. Of he course was. I did. He was a, he was a, he was a beautiful, responsible, caring um, deeply thinking boy with the world as as his uncle articulates, the
1: world was going to be his oyster. Mm. And the uncle made damn sure that it wasn't yeah absolutely and I think as a writer it must be freeing to not worry about anything else not worrying about the reader at that point just writing a line to that character that must be a really freeing experience And you must not know get... any other <laughs> I like that I, I mean what, what 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 are other people doing is some... <laughs> I'm serious what, what are they doing what am I missing is there some other why are you meant to do this? No, not at all. I just think there's sometimes there's a people overthink it. You know what? What should I be doing? Should I not be you know worried about what people are thinking and worried about offending people? But I think that stifles yeah. you as an artist. Yeah,
0: it does. I mean, I do I do know what all those thoughts are. You know what what it's like to doubt your work and to be concerned, and um, but that can't um, infiltrate at all the at all the writing process I don't not for me I couldn't imagine that you'd never get it right for a start that's right you'd never you'd never go oh they really need a, a laugh just about here they, they, they'd be <laughs> perfect for them let's give them one eh? and then I oh, know well yeah it's sort of it wasn't like that in my memory it wasn't like that at all no the thing asks of you the thing itself asks of you what it needs Mm-hmm. whether it needs a rest here, then it needs um, it needs to move forward here you can afford to philosophize here you know yeah it, it has a shape, an inherent shape and my job is to reveal it I think. Mm-hmm. Michelangelo said that um, he something what is it he carved at the stone until he revealed the angel I, I, I'm that's so not word perfect but something like that and I've pondered that from time to time yeah, um, yeah so, so it, it will tell you and you'll feel instinctively or intuitively whether um, you are you are doing those things correctly or you aren't and sometimes you know if, if you'll have an editor if you have a savvy intuitive editor they can help
1: in that way also For you, that instinct and intuition, has that Mm -hmm. come from reading a lot or reading widely or shaping your craft? Where has that come from from you?
0: I'd say that was um, that's who I am. That's who I am. Um, Aided, of course, by growing up, growing older. Um, Yeah, and and lots of more and more practice, more Mm practice is better the more practice, the better you get, the more crafted. I'm sure everything you're reading, but it's not only what you're reading, it's just everything you're doing is going to be informing the work, I think, the life you're living,
1: yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I don't have to be conscious of it, I don't think. I don't think. I like that. I like that. Now, childhood trauma, it is intriguing and it impacts people in such different ways. I mean, we're talking about Corey White's work before, and Boy Swallow's Universe comes to mind as well. How much research did you do into childhood trauma? Because I'm very, very interested in how something traumatic can happen in childhood and yet different people in adulthood react in different ways. You know, some people can't go on with their lives, and we see that a little bit with Lawrence. Some people just surge forward and push through and then you've got the in-between where did this come from from you did you do research or was this just this voice coming to you I'm just really interested about childhood trauma and where that comes from and, and what happens to you as an adult
0: well you know like I said before I think we're we're absorbing everything all of the time so every single second whether you're conscious of it or not is research I mean if that's what if what you are is a writer and you're awake, and you're listening, and you're reading, and you're talking, and you're you're in your world. And uh, then you that I think the job is happening. If you're highly imaginative, if you're empathetic, if you're open, if you're curious, if you if you're excited to push to push the boundaries, and you like playing characters, there there it is. Um, yeah, it's about it's about. How you use your imagination and what you're interested in um, in exploring, and the two of them will dovetail, I think. Um, so you know, if I take someone like Lawrence, yeah. So I d- I didn't have like uh, an overarching rationale, or did I? You know, so I was going to make to have something. Fairly, well I knew when I met him if, if he was a man who chose to go underground and I have mysterious reasons that I didn't even analyze why, why would I want to explore that I didn't ask that I just did I just knew I did so but if you're going to make a choice like that inevitably probably there's going to be something pretty interesting in childhood that's going to account for it so it's put to me frequently you know oh you're right about childhood experiences a lot in your fiction and I'm getting a little bit now at the point yeah a little bit I mean that's it's a fair enough thing to put to me but at the same time I a, a part of me wants to say and you don't how are you drawing adults when you are not interested in the early years of said adult that's what childhood is the early years of the adult that's all it is And the early years, when one hasn't had many years before, are impacting like they are the years. There are no other years that will ever be the same as the early years. I understand all sorts of incredibly interesting, enriching, unpredictable, dangerous things can happen in the adult years, but nothing will impact like the experiences of the early years. You can hear this frustration, can't you? Because I'm getting a little tired of... You know, it's put to me. Oh, isn't it interesting? You're interested in the childhood. <laughs> yeah. So you just, I'm just venting. It's the here whole again.
1: person, isn't it? Oh
0: yeah, <laughs> my god! I know. I'm I'm just venting here a little bit. Um. So I'm so, enjoying so, it. So keep yeah, going. Good. good. So so <laughs> here I've got this man who wants to go underground, literally into a bunker, to sort of somewhere between meditation and some sort of respite. So what happened? That's all. I was just interested to know what happened. Um. And so I, so I made things up. I, I decided what it, what happened. And of course, you you'll go in sentence by sentence, and the experience that happened will reveal itself to you in all its nuance, filled with love and hate, and fear and uh, wonder and, and everything else in between. And then um, the and so the adult grows. And so I find out as I go. I do like to know my base, the, sh- the structure of the thing early on. It's a pretty uncomfortable time until you do know Mm -hmm. i don't that's my my least favorite of times (laughs) not knowing what's going to happen next i i do love to know what happens next because once you have those that those decisions down then all sorts of magic can happen between those decisions Mm -hmm. you know and you're it's a you know yeah it's like boundaries create limits or limit the limitations of the story that you decide upon uh, are a very safe sort of thing deciding on those parameters yeah because then the magic magic that's not the word I want to use then (laughs) then you can play within them so knowing your stories because I don't I don't want to just I don't ever want to I I find it difficult to sort of meander or try this or try that see where this path takes you I I hate having to do that I mean I have to do that because you can't know everything Mm. in the first five minutes but I really want to (laughs) <laughs> you know I don't, I don't want to go off on a tangent and then that was that was wasted time my children are young <laughs> right Time, you know what I mean I, I feel you borrow yeah. time yeah. And, and so yeah, I don't want to be like how about I just explore this for five years and then no, no, <laughs> no, so no. that kills me not I want to know I like that's, that that's a painful sort of a space because you do have to um Allow for a degree of not knowing, don't you?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, do you know your ending of your story? soon as I can, please. Yeah. Do you change just sometimes? It just changes, though. No, it never changes. No changes. <laughs> no time. No time for changes. I ain't got no time for changes. I love that. And here's a question for you because I'm very interested with small children. When do you write in the day? Do you write when they're at school or early in the morning or late at night? Ever I can. <laughs>
0: you can. Ever, my mum always teasing me because when my second child Milo was born she said I'll never forget you sitting in the corridor with that horrible blue dressing gown on <laughs> and great bags under your eyes and and there I was in the corridor you know writing while Milo was you know having the, the full 35 minute nap oh yes all
1: 35 I know those times <laughs> My son never slept beyond three yeah. hours for nearly oh. a year. So I was <laughs> like, what's I with
0: was there too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I won't even go into it. Yeah,
1: yeah it's too traumatic. <laughs> it's
0: too traumatic. But um, having joked with you in this way, the truth of the matter is that um, I the, 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 the kids have been fantastic for structuring work. And, and mm-hmm. for me, it's a much healthier arrangement because... Um, it's much more chaotic, it's much looser, it's much more urgent, it's much freer, it can never be eight hours, it's slam and out and it's anywhere and everywhere. It's really takes a lot of the pressure off. It's yeah. much more, It much more suits um, as it happens, you know, because I'm a bit of a slave driver. <laughs> you know, I've been that way for a long time. And slave driver me, I don't think slave driver me, um, uh, this is happier. When,
1: when you have tiny amounts of time, I think you know how to squeeze the most out of them. So if you've got an hour, you're not going to meander, you're not going to procrastinate. It's you're going to use a short time. Did you say you said a short time? <laughs> you an hour? Sorry. Are you kidding me? Sure, <laughs> maybe you're going to use that finite time, whatever it is, and you're going to squeeze every second out of it, right? You've got that seven minutes. Now use it. <laughs> seven minutes. I like it.
0: Well, Catherine Devaney in her in her um, use your words her writing guide you know she has that exercise for people who, who are all resistant about writing and never get any done 10 minutes a day yeah and you'll be amazed. 10 minutes a day every day for a month or something that program yeah yep. so and
1: I've fantastic. heard something very similar about anything anything you want to do 15 minutes a day and then by the end of the year we have yeah. the hours I forget what it is heaps of hours and yeah. you would have created something you know yeah. instead of just going oh I don't have time everyone's got 15 minutes exactly so <laughs> so um that's
0: pretty good that's pretty good and then occasionally um i will go away for three or four days um so with infinite splendors i went to the grampians about um, on about five separate occasions <laughs> maybe more for three or four nights um, and would drive those roads climb those mountains um, stay in those towns and right. uh, just be in heaven and work and work from you know from 6 a.m um, yeah as many hours as I liked, and then and then and then to the cap, to the bakery, and then right there, and then walk up the mountain, and then right when I got back, and yeah, that they were always times of great bliss. And I did that writing with the choke too. One foot wrong, two thousand and eight. Then the eye of the sheep. Then the choke, two thousand and seventeen. Um, and eye of the sheep was fourteen, and then this one, yeah. Mm-hmm. And 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 for the choke, which was set on the Murray, I would go to Ochuka. And I would stay on on the Murray.
1: I love that.
0: The same process, yeah. Yeah.
1: I think it's a brilliant way though. You squeeze every second out and then you just take yourself away for a couple of days. I think that's fantastic. And it's doable, doable when you have little kids, yeah.
0: Well, that's why I chose those locations, to be be between you and me, only between you and me. Only between you and me. I I had two locations I could get to by car, three hours, you know, best Western hotel, heaven on
1: earth. Perfect. I love it. <laughs> now, getting back to this book, art yeah. is a huge motif in the book. It's an escape from reality. It's somewhere where Lawrence can feel yeah. comfortable, where he's talented. Yeah. Can you tell us about the importance of art or escapism in order for you know human beings to feel whole or to heal? Well, it's us? interesting.
0: I mean, is it, is it escape? Is it escape? Because at the very same time, it's a way of experiencing the natural world um, up close with great intimacy it's a it's a very passionate way to communicate with with his environment so I don't know yes it it's certainly when he's deeply immersed within a painting he he doesn't have to deal with himself in any other way he's what he's at work that's the same for all of us isn't it mm. uh, he's deeply engaged uh, I don't know if it's if it's if that's an escape it's who he is it's how he lives he's um He's a truly gifted painter Um, and he finds the experience addictive. Uh, He's obsessed and um, his paintings, I think, um, are very powerful. At least that is um, how I wanted it to be understood by the end of the novel. Um, Yeah, so that was a kind of bliss that he experienced, I think, that um, many people will never know. So for all um, the ways in which his life was deprived, I think it was also deeply meaningful, rich, at times blissful, full of surprises, all the things we need, all the things we want. Um, It held his attention. There were stakes. It gave him self-esteem. There were points where he said, there is no one else can do what I can do. And he, he knew it. And I was pleased for him. He knew it. And he knew it. How did he know it? But he knew it. There was only one man that could do, that could that could read his environment in the way that he read it and then give it back. So, so in that way, I think, you know, in, in the end, it was a great generosity to the world that regardless of what was stolen, he was giving and giving and giving and giving and he never took in the end. He never took mm. a, another soul. He never hurt another soul and i hope that's not giving away too much i mean it is giving away but he never did when you stop and think did he yeah, no, no i mean no. he was furious with paul but who else was he going to be furious at mm. one outlet for his human, his ordinary human feelings one place where he could have tantrums occasionally and most of them were internal yeah most of them were internal the one place he could occasionally be you know it makes my heart hum- it makes me really upset for him Um, but uh, yeah, in the end, he was self-sacrificing and he, he wouldn't, you know, he he made sure that there was no part of him that could do do any
1: damage. So there was a great sacrifice that he made. Mm. I I love how you speak so passionately about him. And that is why he came across as he did in the book and in the pages, because, you know, you know, him as a real person. I do no question about that. And when you read it, yeah, you feel that.
0: Yeah, good. I mean, that's how it was with him. So, like, he always, I was always aware of his height. He was thin, tall, gang, definitely gangly. I saw all his clothes. <laughs> talk about his clothes. He would wear winter clothes all the time. didn't matter <laughs> how boiling hot he got. His hat, everything was filthy, covered in paint. That beautiful house and how it gradually became a mess of an artist's studio, Mm -hmm. paintings lined up against every wall, jars of paint water and brushes and, yeah, he was, um, yeah, he was a ragged sort of a mess. He neglected himself being a hermit and a painter. Painting came before everything. You know, I loved the way he said that even beer was in in service of, of painting. (laughs)
1: <laughs> he learned how
0: to measure it out at the end of a day's work. Remember, he would sit on that veranda,
1: yeah,
0: on the porch in the swing seat and watch watch the sunset. And he'd seen it seen it set a thousand. He'd seen it set every day of his life. And I I really appreciated those letters. You know, um, for the reader, for the listeners, the, the there was a book that um, Lawrence was given in childhood, and he refers to it throughout the novel. And it's a book of letters from. European master painters of the nineteen of the eighteen hundreds, mostly, uh, and some earlier and some a little later. Real letters. Everyone from um, Jean Millet to um, John Constable, Turner. Um, you know, of course, I'm going to go completely blank on the hun- on one hundred letters that I refer to. I mean, not not one hundred, but many many letters, and. Um, and they taught me, they taught me, and um, I loved the paintings that I looked at and that I and then I was then able to refer to those paintings in the book. That was fun also.
1: Mm, that's yeah. fun. And I really liked just going back a little bit what you said about it's not an escape, it was his bliss. And I love that idea mm. of every one of us finding that place to lose ourselves in, and whether it's art yeah. or cooking or running or whatever yeah. it is. And you're yeah. not worrying about going to work tomorrow, you're not worrying about the yeah. money you've got in the bank, you're just lost in the moment. Yeah. And yeah, whatever that is, that's just so important for everyone. Isn't yeah, it? it is. It is. And if you uh, happen to be,
0: um, uh, talented in the way he is. I mean, I, you know, his talent was superseded the ordinary. Um, I think the process would be even more, uh, even more intoxicating, because he was he was listening to his calling,
1: mm.
0: and he was a, he was he was completely surrendered to to his calling, and um, he went with it. He went with it. And,
1: uh, yeah, that was definitely blissful and and rich. Mm. I really liked the relationship between the brothers too because although it was was complicated and they didn't understand each other, there was a tenderness between them two and a care that couldn't be broken. I really enjoyed that part of it, especially particularly between two men. Me too. He'd never let him... He'd never disappeared entirely. He'd never disappeared really, had he? Mm.
0: But, But it was desperate. That was probably the saddest aspect of the book. Yeah, I think so too. Um, They were deeply bonded. Lawrence had made sure Paul was never hurt. Um, He was a true older sibling. He would take him down to the outhouse, put up with him, you know, (laughs) and Paul was a different character entirely, more playful, more... um, He lived more in the sort of physical well, didn't he, he was able to deal, well, he wasn't hurt in the same way that Lawrence was hurt. Um, But he, uh, I mean, you know, he suffered a great deal of damage too, because the family unit was fractured in a way that couldn't be repaired.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And so, you know, the uncle made absolutely sure of that too, Um, that that they they wouldn't all have each other anymore, Mm. one way or another. They would were, they weren't going to have each other.
1: That's right. Yeah. They, they, no, look, the communication was broken. I think I found that yeah. the most heartbreaking of these two very close brothers and, and family when with the mother as well. Yeah. yeah. All of that was just broken apart. And yeah. a part of you as a reader are thinking, no, like find a way to get back together. But of yeah. course, you know, all that trauma and everything that happens, yeah. before, it's much more difficult than than just getting that back is something that yeah, something how would happen. you yeah yeah. how
0: would you I mean Louise was not going to be available to yeah. that
1: yep yeah, absolutely she,
0: uh, you know Reggie her brother was frozen in time mm-hmm. the idealized older sibling who really could do no wrong even though you know if you I mean Mrs Barry next door the wonderful Mrs Barry had um, had a hunch of something she didn't trust him Yeah, and um, she was cranky with him she didn't she didn't under she didn't see what was going on as particular, you know, as as as
1: as positive. But she saw something in Lawrence, didn't she? She knew that he there was something inside of him that was special and good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But no one could intervene, is what I meant. No one could stop what was happening. And there was no language, especially not in 1953. And Louise just wasn't going to allow it. Mm. With it. I'm I'm talking about her unconscious here. I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah, she wasn't going to allow it. So, so it was. Um, and so he grew. He he got a job at 19 at the local dairy. Again, that was um, a really blissful um, part of the book to to be in the dairy and milking the cows <laughs> and um, everything. From you know, each day he would spend the day milking. And then he would walk the mountain when he got home. And then um, after the loss of all family, when he was in his property, you know, when everyone had gone, then um, he, he, it, there, was a, there was a critical moment, wasn't there, when um, either it was over for him too, he had done all he needed to do, or he would begin again. And the, the pigeon, the warbler through his eye from the apple tree to the mountain. He looked to the mountain, Mount Wallace, who is an enormously important character throughout the story. Mm-hmm. And Wallace said, It's up to you. Paint me. Mm. He didn't say paint me, he said, It's up to you.
1: Yeah.
0: And so and so it began. And so it began. And then and then he and then he became much more peaceful. And his mind settled down and there was much more space. And he and then I remember he said each day coming home, he would smell on his fingers um a mix of um oil paint and and, and cow dairy cow and that's what it, that's what his day became
1: mm.
0: and that was pretty pretty good pretty reflective of his life too I think you mean the way he could he, he was able to look at his life like that yeah yeah, yeah. he was pretty pleased wasn't he mm.
1: I love talking about this character, Sophie.
0: Oh, I do too. I mean, it's been (laughs) a while since I've been able to speak about him and I've spoken about him a lot less, even though he warrants, you know, as far as I'm concerned, lots of conversations because there's so much to get to. Mm. Um, But because of COVID, there have been fewer opportunities. Um, But that's okay too because there was a day, um, however many decades ago, far fewer than decades, when nobody talked about their work and that's not what it's for. It's not what it's for. And I am somebody who at heart, it's, it's great to be able to do it, but that's not what a book is. That's not what a book is. A book yeah. is the book. It's, yeah. not, it's wonderful for friends to gather and talk, but a book is not, um, that's not its point or purpose. The work is in the pages. Yeah. So everything else is, 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 is fun and other people don't, don't feel this way. So I'm going out on a bit of a limb here, but it's not, you, would, you don't need to ever talk
1: about the book if you've written the book. <laughs> um, uh, but do you agree with that? That throws my podcast right out of the window, Sophie. <laughs> and then I don't get my bliss. Where's my to find my bliss? No, again. Danny, don't get me wrong. You heard me. I said you know it's <laughs> wonderful for people to talk and gather, uh, 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 but but it's not necessary. I
0: yeah, it, the book is the book is the work. Yep. And um and I did my work at that time that I wrote it. Yeah, and um, and so you know what I, I finished writing it. I would have put made the final changes last June. So I've had some conversations, but um, it's been a little while. And it's interesting to think about him again. Um, yeah, because you know once you finish, you finish. Mm-hmm. You put it put it away, and you know
1: you're involved in new things. Well, I am very pri- privileged that you are here talking to me about oh, it. Oh, now I'm going to sound like ungrateful. No, not at all. I love how passionate not, you are I'm about ungrateful. everything. Like I'll, I'll sound ungrateful. You don't. You don't. You just sound like you have strong opinions. I love. I love people and women with strong opinions. It's great yeah, and, and it's different so. opinions. It's important. Yeah, I get. I guess so. I guess so. Yeah, it's fascinating. I find it oh, fascinating oh, speaking to oh, people. Oh, I, I'm. I feel yeah. like you know some people when you have differing opinions. Some people think you need to ha- get into a fight with people, but I love people that have differing com- um, yeah. ideas and yeah. conflicting ideas because that's how you learn and that's how you grow and you think, no, we can still be friends and have differing yeah. opinions. Yeah, you're right. Okay. you're right. And anyway, we don't really have differing opinions. <laughs> yeah. we, we don't really have differing opinions. Um, you know, I'm...
0: I'm you just passionate. articulate
1: yours so yeah. well and so passionately. I'm consoling myself <laughs>
0: because, because, I you know, I trained originally as an actor, so I, I do love to speak. <laughs> to the audience, I do, I really, I do, and I have missed it. I mean, being in a room with people, and I love the warmth that is between us, and I love to laugh with people and to to share to share these characters. But I, I remind myself that without it, that's that's one hundred percent okay too, because I was privileged enough to be able to be in this for years. I mean, each book is whatever it is, a couple of years. Um, and uh, it was an all-encompassing writing experience, like they all are. All, all,
1: yeah, I think so. Anyway, yeah, fantastic. Now you write for children as well, and I want to understand. And maybe it's not different for you, but is it a different experience? It's, different, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's a different experience writing for children to adults. No, it's not. Or, it's no? not. No. Um,
0: I tell you what's a different experience is. um Okay, so if you pick a character who's older and whose um, struggle is not suitable for children in very simple, obvious terms, um, then that's like, that's that's going to be a longer piece of work. So that's different, isn't it? Because you can really um, be in it for, you, you. it will demand of you a greater amount of time. Um, and there'll be all sorts of places that you can visit that um, will be open to you. So that's different. I'm thinking of, of what is different, that is different. You don't, um, so that is different, but other things, of course, are the same. Rhythm, voice, consistency, d- deciding on what the parameters are, because I, a, a, a novel is a set of limitations. Any, a picture book is a set of limitations. As much as it is about um, expressive freedom, it is about a set of restrictions. So um, y- y- you have to do decide what they are. What is what is your story not is... As, is, is as, difficult that's the work what, what what are all the stories that yours isn't leading to the one that it is and that's the same for every work your protagonists are younger um so what yeah i mean they're all coming from um a place that has something to do and some a game to play and um voices to speak yeah uh I, mean, no, I
1: agree with you because I love reading y a fiction and I love reading everything you know kids' books as well to my own yeah, kids. and yeah, I like how they all, you know they they you're right. They all deal with similar things in different ways, yeah. but you know you're not you're not not exploring things because, oh, this is a kid's book. you know you're not afraid right. to go into in, in, if anything, I think it's important to explore really important issues with kids.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't even think about I just again it's just I've got a new novel for children coming out this year
1: that was Um, my next question what's coming up
0: children's book I've written in um, a while and I'm wildly excited about it I don't think I've ever been as excited about a child a novel I don't don't want to say that because I'll insult the other (laughs) children's novels that I've written um but, yeah, and it's coming out in September. Can you believe it? I, I can't I'm excited it. too. Oh, my goodness. And <laughs> I wrote it while I was writing this one, um, Infinite Splendours, wow. because you have to hand your book over at different points, of course, to um, editors, and you, you invariably have to wait to get it back. So you've got to do something else. Um, and so that's a new novel, yeah.
1: Can you tell us anything about it yet
0: or not Oh, yet? sure. It, it, it's, it's mostly done. So it's all, I can't talk about when, I'm not, when I haven't done much because then I'll just ruin it and it'll all be a mess and it'll all be doomed,
1: doomed. And it
0: won't work. It won't
1: work. I wouldn't want to do that to you. Oh, so no,
0: please don't because I read um, in my like scrapbooky sort of area about Infinite Splendours, I read, look, I'm just going to try this. And if it's stuffed, I'm going to get a job at the Lower Plenty Hotel. <laughs> <laughs> Not the night shifts, the day shifts.
1: Day shifts. Yeah.
0: Worked in with picking up the kids.
1: <laughs> I love your options. I have a plan B. It's <laughs> always important, but I'm the so pump. glad. I'm so glad Plan A worked. Because those counter meals are incredible. Is it the schnitzel? <laughs> it's always the schnitzel, right? Of course, it's the schnitzel. Pork? I just think you can never stuff up. How can you stuff up schnitzel? So that's why I don't even look at menus. I'm like, I just want the schnitzel. It's going to be great. Serving it to you. (laughs) I'd have to sit you down for a conversation. You'd be like, No, I'm not talking about my book. I'm not. Leave me alone. Yeah, anyway, so, right, so I'm always on the edge of the plan B. <laughs> well, you didn't need the plan B, so tell me about this new By the
0: skin of my nose, the skin <laughs> of my teeth, the hair of my chin, I, I don't know. So from, from where my- I'm
1: sitting, Sophie, you're very successful and very, very well loved. Oh, it's
0: always thinking. there. It's always there. <laughs> but
1: that's what keeps it real, right? That's what keeps you desperate and real. And the work. You've you in one. Did you say that word desperate?
0: <laughs> no, I didn't. I'm scared. So where was I? Yeah, okay, so the new, the new book, it's called The Song of Lewis Carmichael. Wow. I know, and it's about um, a boy who struggles to fit in at school and struggles academically and his parents are a little overbearing in their protectiveness and all that they want for him and pre- he, he, his obsession is um, the Arctic, mm-hmm. the Arctic, and he looks at loads of books and pictures and he imagines being there. So, we ha- so, that- so that's Matthew, one, and, and, and that's Matthew's obsession. And then uh, very early on in the novel, um, as he's going to sleep at night, a blackbird pecks on his window and wakes him up and introduces himself as Lewis. Wow. And, and he says, I'm Lewis Carmichael. Look on the roof. And there on the roof is a great glowing hot air balloon, translucent glowing air balloon. And Lewis says, you wanted to go to, to, to the Arctic? And the Matthew, you know, am I dreaming? <laughs> you know, he's, he's a, he he's, um, lives in the ordinary world. He does remember the blackbird. He met him in the park that day and he'd noticed that the bird had a damaged wing and he'd, give, he'd tossed him some of his muffin. And um, that was it. Then he'd gone home, listened to his parents stressing about him one more time, looked at his books one more time, gone to sleep, whatever time it was, in the middle of the night. On the window and so um matthew clambers out of his window what else is he to do if a blackbird turns up and knocks on you, your window you follow it climbs across the roof terrified of heights terrified of these great gusting winds he must be in a dream he must be in a dream so if it's a dream what is there to lose and climbs inside the wicker basket and off they go
1: Wow! I love that—the magical realism of that. Oh, fantastic!
0: It was bliss again. I'm I'm using that word bliss again, but it was icy. It was icy, an icy adventure. It was just the most uh, refreshing, beautiful place to inhabit because Mm. the Arctic and the North Pole are very beautiful places, and I was with animals all the Mm. time—the Arctic wolf, the walrus. The snowy owl, the eagle—just incredible animals. Reindeer, um, polar bears, most of all, <laughs> yeah. And the and and the and the bird and the boy. It's really about a relationship It's about a friendship, a mutually um, beneficial friendship
1: that is that. that
0: is both heartbreaking uh, and 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 uplifting. Yeah, it was really really moving when I, I, I went really to Yeah, I I went back to edit it we're finishing it now. I went back to edit it and um, my chest was in a in a oh, like a, a hand was around my chest.
1: Was it a nice little break because you wrote it with um, yeah, it a good break. infinite splendors was it like yeah. a different little world you could sort of yes. go into? Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Unexpected. Who would have thought
0: who would have thought <laughs> not me, not me. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't believe my luck that I could have it. I could make it
1: that it was there and um, that it was beautiful. Yeah.
0: It was exactly.
1: Yeah. I'm almost thinking because this book is so gritty, like Infinite Splendors, it's so real, it's set in reality. Maybe your brain and your subconscious just needed to go in that other direction. Yeah. But it's not
0: without this one's, don't be, it's not um, without its grit.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't (laughs) expect anything less. And it's lost. it's
0: lost. It's, It's the stakes are high here. Yep they're really high
1: um but um something to do with the temperature i found really invigorating Mm -hmm. yeah i spoke to someone about living in canada and in the really cold you know ridiculous minus 30 yeah that's the that's up close to the arctic yeah and that affects your mood and affects how you react and respond to people and it affects relationships i found that very interesting that because you're never comfortable you're always kind of you know sitting in this discomfort that it affects your world and how you react to things I find that fascinating yeah Yeah. well in this case it was um yeah like I said it was
0: invigorating and he had this fantastic blue puffer jacket silver lined and of course whenever he put it on he was so warm and it was hooded so the bird could sit quite comfortably within the hood and of course hot air balloons are warm underneath the balloon so it, so it was like it had in, these invisible walls. It was as warm as a living room, only without walls. So there you could look out onto the stars, a, out at the stars, and a and whole icy landscape below and be, be toasty warm. I mean, this is made up.
1: That's perfect. Not, but it's perfect. How, how perfect is that? Yeah, when are we going? Oh, <laughs> <Well>, we've been. <laughs> you're, <laughs> going, you're going. Aren't we going on a three-day riding retreat on this <laughs> balloon? <laughs> The song of Lewis Carmichael, and he learns to
0: fly the wind, fly it, and um, they ride the North Wind, Boreas.
1: Well, I can't wait till September. Yeah, I can't wait for you to Danny. I can't wait for it. I'm going to definitely September. It is. Can't wait. It's going to be great. Right. Right. Now, Sophie, I've got a question that I ask everyone. I need to ask you as well. Why do you write? um it just writing
0: writing just happens I don't don't, um I want to try because there's any number of answers to that question isn't there I remember Margaret Atwood saying you could be asked that question and come up with a different answer every day um so why today that let's 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 why do you write today why did I write (laughs) uh because um as much as I talk about intuition and everything else, I'm pretty goal-oriented. Like, you know, um, I sometimes think I would have been good as a, in the army or, um, um, you know, very trudge along, got to be done, got to do my job, got to move forward. Uh, some they're, they're my reasons today. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I can
1: tell you're very goal-oriented and, it look, it's worked for you. It totally. You <laughs> may not anymore. <laughs> but I'll see you at the pub. We'll be fine. Oh, plenty! Did you get that? <laughs> plenty road. <laughs> and I can't wait for the schnitzel. I might come anyway. Schnitzel Lunchtime shift.
0: Lunchtime shift.
1: Lunchtime. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, you I don't have care. to edit this ridiculousness. <laughs> Never. I don't. I don't think we'll need that plan B, Sophie. But it's always good to have one. I agree. Thank you. Better makes the anxiety less, right? Exactly. 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 It does. Yeah. Sophie, this has been an absolute joy, and it's one of those conversations where we spoke off-air at the beginning, where I've just tossed my questions away because you were too interesting to use oh, my original questions. Andy, that's <laughs> very generous <laughs> of you. And I just needed to get into that amazing brain of yours. So oh, I no, I don't know. Thank you. Extremely privilege that you have been so honest with me and so passionate with you know this conversation um, and about your work. So I appreciate it so much. And what a great way to celebrate three hundred episodes! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Danny. Congratulations, 300 episodes. That's an achievement. That's Thank a wonderful you.
0: achievement. Thank you.